Welcome to the Roundtable, the show that brings you the latest in the worlds of football, basketball, and gambling. Now, let's get to it. Here are your hosts, Brad Wakai and Tyson Gentry. Welcome into the Roundtable. I'm Brad Wakai. That's Tyson Gentry. A little bonus pod today discussing the Kyrie Irving trade. And if you've been living under a rock or just not been following basketball recently, Kyrie Irving demanded a trade from the Brooklyn Nets before the trade deadline coming up here on Thursday. And the Dallas Mavericks bit. And they're like, hey, we want Irving. They were looking for a superstar and traded uh, Spencer Denwitty, Dorian Finney-Smith, an unprotected first-round pick in 2029 and two second-round picks to get Kyrie Irving and Markeith Morris, who's really irrelevant in that deal. So we're going to be focusing on two things here, the impact for the Mavericks, obviously, but also the impact for the Nets. Um, On the basketball court, Kyrie Irving's incredible. Tyson, what do you think he adds by going to the Mavs? Well, secondary ball handler and maybe the best one in the NBA, but we said that before. It didn't work. (laughs) but like it's it's huge. It's a, it's getting an all NBA talent into a team that was honestly floundering and looking like they were they were more in the Dallas Mavericks were more in need of a second star or a second superstar uh, than anybody else in the NBA. Uh, and it's a lot of it because of the way they play basketball. But a lot of it is also, hey, Luca, we're trying. Like we, we're trying. We we need you. We know you need help. Uh, we swung big on Christian Wood, who's been good, uh, but is obviously not the uh, the second guy on a championship team. So you go out and you get a guy that's proven that he can be the second guy on a championship team. You're showing your franchise superstar uh, that you care about him, that uh, we know we just gave you $260 million or whatever the Supermax <laughs> ends up being. Uh, but, like, we're still trying to surround you with talent. This isn't going to be uh, 2003 uh, to 2010 LeBron James type stuff. Like, we're going to go out here and try to get you a superstar. That part's great. It's just – this was the guy. Right. Like this is who you want to hit your wagon to Kyrie Irving, who it, it, he left Cleveland after they won a championship, wanted to distance himself from LeBron James said, Hey, I'm going to stay here in Boston. I want to be here forever. That ended poorly locker room problems with the younger guys gone. Okay. I'm going to go team up with my boy, Kevin Durant in Brooklyn. Well, that ended horribly because now he just decided to pack his bags and leave. So now we're over here in Dallas. I think when you look at for the Mavericks, you said it perfectly. Like, they desperately needed a number two. Like, they needed somebody who's going to help out Luka Doncic with playmaking responsibilities and somebody who can get his own shot. Because you, Luka's usage rate is at a historic high so far this season. Like, it's they disgusting. use him constantly. It's and I hate it. High. I hate it because I have, like, my nephews are 11 and 7, and they love – Luka Doncic and so when they're like playing with their friends nobody ever passes the fucking ball <laughs> because it's like this is this is how he put and you know it's a it's a little tiny nitpick I'm also a Suns fan so that's that's mostly where this is coming from uh but anyways continue I apologize no and I, I think that's the question right like how long do these other players want to play with the style like that and I think a lot of people have pointed to that's similarly how Trey Young plays like he dribbles the ball a ton, like dribble, dribble, dribble. Then he'll pass, like he'll get the assists. Luca will get the assists, but the ball's in their hand constantly. He has to be the one that leads to the assists. And Russell Westbrook did a little bit of that uh, when he took over the Thunder and then when he was in Washington. But let's let's be candid here. Russell Westbrook, I mean, uh, Kyrie Irving is an upgrade over Spencer Dinwiddie and Dorian Finney-Smith. 
like he adds much more of a ceiling to this Mavericks team what going out and getting a Kyrie Irving type player. Absolutely. The issue comes next offseason when he decides he wants to go be a Laker or if he decides he wants to go be a Buddhist monk somewhere up in the mountains. Like that's what this is the guy we're talking about. Uh great basketball player and but today even he comes out in the press conference and he starts bringing up um some of the things that were getting him in trouble, you know, 3 months ago and it's like why did you make that a story again? Why why is and his main focus is always uh, seemingly, since he left Cleveland, like I want to be in charge of my narrative. I want to uh, be able to be in control. It's just some people shouldn't be authors, Kyrie. And I think <laughs> I think you're showing us exactly why. And you said it, man. The life cycle of this dude on teams is like think back to when LeBron comes back uh, to Cleveland. It's you got two years out of Kyrie Irving, two or three years, whatever it was, and then he decided this isn't working for me. I got to go. And he goes to Boston, and it's two years, and he decides, this isn't working for me, I got to go. And then he goes to Brooklyn, and he goes, it's two years, it's not working for me, I got to go. And now he's in Dallas. And to to think this is going to be different when every other organization is catered to essentially his every need, him and Kevin Durant played 71 games together in their time in Brooklyn. He came out and said a month ago or a week ago or whatever – uh, that this year is different in Brooklyn because we don't have anybody with one foot out the door as, as a slight of James Harden, right? Yep. And he's traded 10 days after he says it. Like, wh- shut your mouth, dude. Like, you, he just – he comes off intelligent in spots. It's just he talks so much that there's a lot more of the what the hell did Kyrie Irving just say than there needs to be. Yeah, I mean, it's maybe like a lack of self-awareness. I mean, you know, we we don't know him either personally. So it's like we, we only see what he's giving us on the outside. So whether that's fair or not, I mean, that's how you're going to be judged when you don't let people in the circle or, or when you don't have people don't have access to the inner circle as well. So fair or un, unfair, that's that's the reality. I think to kind of wrap up the Mavericks before we move on the Nets, He's expected to make his debut Wednesday. We're recording Tuesday. Uh, so expected to make his debut on February 8th for the Dallas Mavericks. Now, I wrote there's three things to pay attention to here when I'm watching this game. Now, I want to see how this looks offensively because it can be clunky. Like, is there a little bit too much uh, hero ball from Irving? Is it too much isolation with both him and Doncic? Or is it one of those situations where he slides in and is a good off-ball attacker? Luka can still do his playmaking stuff. But then he doesn't need to create everything. Irving can do it in a secondary spurt. And then a second thing I'm paying attention to, the defense. Like, this is a bad defense compared to what they were last year. Now, they played a super slow pace, so that helps their, like, points per game average. But other teams shoot efficient shots against them and get great looks at at the basket. And that's not a good recipe when you bring in a Kyrie Irving who's not a good defender and combine him with Luka and trade away some good perimeter defenders like Dorian Finney-Smith then last thing here that I'm paying attention to, I th- which I think is the most important, how does this chemistry look? Is Kyrie Irving willing to play f- second fiddle to Luka? Because this is Luka's franchise. Luka is a better player right now than Kyrie Irving. He has to go in with the mentality, I'm the number two. Kyrie Irving hasn't adjusted that lifestyle very well so far, even when he said he was going to do it in Brooklyn, hasn't done that so far. So that's what I'm paying attention to moving forward for the Mavs. I think the second thing that you brought up is is – maybe even more important than the chemistry because I think that these two guys are so good at basketball, they're going to figure it out. And if they don't, it'll be fun to watch anyways. But this to me didn't put them over the top. And I know the West is wide open, but like, I don't think this made them better than the nuggets. I don't think this probably made them better than the Clippers in a seven game series. You can kind of pick your way down the West. Phoenix is getting healthy. I'm not 
a very big believer in their postseason success this year, but like Memphis is on a skid, but if they figure it out, like it didn't elevate Dallas above any of these, of these teams to me, it's like, you still have to guard. And if the players have taught us anything in the last uh, three years, basically, it's like the finals end games end 88 to 85, 92 to 86. And Dallas is going to give up 130 points to somebody in the first round of the playoffs. So let's let's switch our focus over to the Nets. Now Kyrie Irving no longer there. They bring back some pieces. Now the big question, the elephant in the room, is what does Kevin Durant do now? Does he demand a trade? Now teams are calling. Like they're, The Suns are very much interested in bringing Kevin Durant into Phoenix. That's a big destination. I don't think he wants to go to, uh, to um, Toronto, but they're making calls. They have a bunch of young pieces they could trade back if the Nets decide to go that route. Do you think they should just hey say, hey, man, Cam Thomas is a bucket right now. It looks like they have a bunch of players that are young who want to play together, and KD can kind of scrap together something. Like, where would you go for the Nets? I mean, that's that's the question, and they're they're back where they were. Like, this is the situation that they were in. Uh, when Kevin Durant sits out with an injury, it's like, oh, this looks like the D'Angelo Russell Karras right. team. It's, it's like you did all this work. You gave up all those assets to almost end up back in the exact same spot. So now – um, 2029 is a long time away. That that could be the normal picking the route. We have no idea. So who knows? We're not going to know the final outcome of this trade for a long time. You get back some good pieces, and everybody out there, I was hearing uh, takes that Kevin Durant should just like man up basically and lead this team to a title for his legacy. And I don't think he'd like if if he could do that, they would have won one two years ago. <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, if this team can take down Boston with just Kevin Durant, or if this team can take down uh, the Milwaukee Bucks with just Kevin Durant, if I'm him, there's not like, do I really want to go learn how to play in Phoenix? Like with those guys, do I want to go learn how to play in Toronto with those guys? I already know how to play with these guys. Cam Thomas is getting 40 a game uh, the last couple of nights. Nick, Nick Claxton is, I mean, who would you compare him to in, in the past of the NBA? He's like a young DeAndre Jordan. The way he's, he's running around, kid. dunking everything, blocking everything, his effort is super good. There's pieces in Brooklyn, and like if I'm Kevin Durant, I'm just like, dude, we can talk about this next offseason. It's been a long six <laughs> months for KD. Yeah, for sure, and then they have pieces to trade, too. Now, the rumor is they're not necessarily done giving up their assets because they have Joe Harris, Seth Curry, and Patty Mills, who all play a similar position, a shooter, not a great defender, none of these 3 and D guys that we've seen been accustomed to. So some of those guys are going to be moved to a veteran team. They can get back some either young pieces or draft picks, so they can start to replenish a bit here. But if you're the Nets and you have Durant, who's eventually going to come back unless he's traded before the Thursday deadline, I think you got to be careful about giving too much up and, and not getting anything back in return. Because if I'm giving up an asset like that, I want some young pieces back. Like I want somebody who can kind of plug and play and maybe play behind Cam Thomas, spell some minutes, and then Durant comes in and maybe he can kind of piece it together and you make the playoffs. I'm not quite sure if, if that's a reality, but that's that's certainly what I would chase. It's it's tough because it's a generational talent, right? And so you're talking to yourself like it's Kevin Durant. He could lead this team to a championship. It's just it's a 35 or whatever year old version of him that's had injuries in the past uh, with a super young group. It's, it's an impossible situation, dude, but they did it to themselves. They, yeah. they put themselves here. Everybody in the world was like, James Harden doesn't give a shit about basketball anymore. Let's go get James Harden. 
Kyrie <laughs> Irving doesn't care about playing basketball. Let's go get Kyrie Irving. Like KD is, we all know he's lives and dies uh, basketball. That's that's his. He loves basketball. You have to surround him with people that love basketball, and they finally did it. It just was in the most roundabout, weird way I think I've ever seen. And we know Jock Vaughn's done a great job so far in Brooklyn, a, a very good young head coach in this league. And I think he's done a great job with these pieces that's been left behind with, without Irving. They've, they've been feisty. Brooklyn's not done, whether it's Kevin Durant that's on the move or some of these veteran pieces to get pieces back. They're certainly not going to be quiet at the deadline. So we'll have to see what they do. But that's our thoughts on the Kyrie Irving trade. Very interesting. We'll see how that fits in Dallas and we'll see what the Nets do. Uh, make sure to like, subscribe, and share if you are a football fan. We did an early preview on some of the game props and bigger props around the Super Bowl. And upcoming later this week, we're going to dive into the big game itself, give out our official plays, other props, and anything else we like on the board. We'll speak to you all then. Peace. Thanks for listening to The Roundtable. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. While you're there, please rate and review so others find out about the show. We'll catch you on the next episode of The Round Table.